and excellencies, dear colleagues and friends. 12 years ago, a new virus emerged and sparked a pandemic. Life-saving vaccines were developed, but by the time the world's poor got access, the pandemic was over. One year ago, a new virus emerged and sparked a pandemic. Life-saving vaccines have been developed. What happens next is up to us. We have an opportunity to beat history, to write a different story, to avoid the mistakes of the HIV and H1N1 pandemics. Coronavirus vaccination programs have begun worldwide. But, as we just heard, Dr. Tedros and the World Health Organization fear that poorer countries will feel the greatest impact of the pandemic. Official data shows coronavirus deaths and cases have surged in Africa since December. Africa Science Focus is taking a closer look at the scale of the outbreak. This week, our program asks why coronavirus cases increased so rapidly in the region. Jubil Zulu speaks to people across Zambia and Malawi to find out what they think about the efforts to manage both coronavirus and vaccinate communities in the region against COVID-19. Let's hear now from one of those people Jubiel spoke with. This is Stella Piri in Zambia. The number of people dying keeps on increasing, but I just don't know what to believe. And we have also some recording going around on social media that we shouldn't go in clinic or test for Corona caused the cures. For me, I even fear to visit the clinic even if I'm sick. Stella is talking about a voice message that has been circulating via messaging services such as WhatsApp. Here is a section of that message with the translation from Jubil. I want to share some information. Stop going to clinics, relax, and wait until this pandemic ends, because this is not a normal COVID-19 pandemic, but this is a time for human sacrifice. Even if you are not seriously ill, the next thing will be to inject you the COVID-19 vaccines, and you will die. These drugs kill. Circulate this audio with your friends. Protect the life of your mothers and everyone. Don't allow people go to clinics. The sacrifice keeps on because the gassing incident the country faced sometime last year did not kill a lot of people. So COVID-19 is a trap. When you accept the drugs, they will give in clinics, 
you would die. Please share this information. The speaker claims that she is involved in healthcare. Stella says that in recent months, she has seen less and less official information about the pandemic. This knowledge gaps can be filled with misinformation about changes in the virus and how COVID-19 vaccines work. In the past, we could see some people going around with megaphones to ask about diseases like cholera, but now it has been quiet, so I wonder if their strategies are made known to them only. There is a relaxation of health measures that were put in place last year. Now social distance is not at any time seen. Look at our buses. A small bus will carry 18 people plus a conductor who just stand and a driver. People have stopped trusting these these health people and where's the vaccine. I just don't know what to believe. Two weeks ago, Africa Science Focus reported on the news that faulty condoms and other health products had been distributed across Zambia. The repercussions of that crisis are still being felt. Here are citizen Isaac Njovu and James Kayua. I would not say much as in I know anything about the vaccine. I would wish to have more detailed information that will also convince me so that I can be one of the ambassadors also to um, give a testimony about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you trust your government and health officials? <laughs> on that one it's a bit tricky <laughs> to answer that question uh, first I'll comment by saying um, if we cannot trust just the past um, uh, scene that happened how am I going to accept what is coming that I have not yet been convinced with so that becomes a bit of a challenge to accept it unless if I see the results even from the ones that are even supplying us these vaccines Last week, we had the, the, the permanent secretary telling the nation that they have acquired 8.4 million vaccines to, to give to, which is half of our, our, our population in Zambia, to, to give to the general public. I would take yes, but um, it has to come with uh, a clear picture. Because at the moment, as we are talking right now, people have different. Uh, feelings with uh, with our government, they have mistrust with the government, including myself. I also have some mistrust with the government because of the recent uh, stories that we heard of the, the Han B uh, uh, giving out expired drugs to the public, giving out uh, uh, leaked uh, condoms, you know, all those things. So we don't know how true um, that this vaccine has been tested and uh, it has been proven that it needs to be to be used. Since the pandemic broke out about a year ago, much has changed around the world and in sub-Saharan Africa. It was widely reported that the region's 1.1 billion people had largely avoided the devastating impact of the disease that has been seen in the United States, Europe and Latin America. Many believed that the continent's young populations and strict lockdown measures 
had limited the spread of the virus. But in the past few months, cases have begun to surge. The WHO reported in December that cases and deaths in Africa had increased 40% in just one week. Professor Roma Chilengi, the Chief Scientific Officer at the Center for Infectious Disease Research in Zambia, tells us more. Whether we are seeing more numbers because more people are getting tested uh, or whether it is the reporting that has improved, I think the answer is twofold. Firstly, indeed, more people are getting tested as as the testing uh, uh, becomes more widely available, as there is much more awareness of the disease, so there is more testing being done. However, the important numbers to track are the proportions of those who turn out positive from the totals tested. That's what would give you uh, an indication of whether you are having increasing numbers or not. In other words, the positivity rate. Um, it is true that we have experienced greater positivity rate in the second wave than we ever experienced in the first wave. In fact, it has more than quadrupled uh, in the sense that we were repeatedly around 1% positivity. Now we are consistently around 10% uh, positivity. This second wave in sub-Saharan Africa has involved variants of the novel coronavirus. So what do we know about these new strains? Um, and my opinion is, is of course, that uh, we don't know enough about these variants yet. What we do know is that they are much higher transmissibility than the original virus. There are some schools of thought that are suggesting that they will be more deadly than the original virus uh, that I don't have specific evidence to support or refute. So we will wait and see. I think the key question that goes with these variants is whether the vaccines that have been developed will be protective against the variants. Um, at the moment, the evidence seems to suggest that uh, uh, the vaccines are broadly cross-reactive and should be able to protect against the variants. However, this is a question that is subject to ongoing research and we shall know more as uh, time goes by. In Malawi, cases of coronavirus disease are also on the rise. But Professor Adamson Muller says that the increase there may be driven by different factors to those found in Zambia. With the difficult socioeconomic circumstances that are obtaining in South Africa, currently we are having many of our people returning Uh, back from South Africa. As uh, South Africa is uh, one of the countries in Africa that is heavily uh, impacted by COVID-19, and uh, when they reintegrate, they cause uh, a spike in the number of cases uh, of uh, COVID-19. That is the main factor we think uh, is behind that. Professor Adamson Muller, ending today's show on rising coronavirus cases, In next week's program, we will hear more about some of the coronavirus myths and misconceptions that are spreading in sub-Saharan Africa 
and we talk to the people who are working hard to set the record straight. The rainy season can bring a range of troubles in Eastern Africa. This week, we have a question from Rita Nayame. What causes cholera? And with the floods in Osaka contaminating water causing diarrhea, will it lead to cholera? I'm Dr. Fred Kapaya. I'm the National Cholera Elimination Coordinator based at the Zambia National Public Health Institute in Zambia. Now, cholera is caused by a bacterium called Vipula cholerae, and this is particularly um, after consumption of contaminated water and food. The last major outbreak that we experienced in Zambia was in 2017-2018, which started in Lusaka and spread to six other provinces. Following this, we conducted uh, vaccinations with oral cholera vaccine in Lusaka in 2018. And since then, we've not experienced um, uh, any cholera outbreak to date in Lusaka. However, I must keep to mention that we had an outbreak in Mpulunga and Summer districts in Northern Province in 2019. We also uh, proceeded to vaccinate people in Mpulungu in 2019, and uh, since then, we've, ne- we've not had an outbreak of cholera. Currently, we are actually vaccinating people in Summer districts, and Shogoyunji, um, we started in December 2020 and we hope to finish with the second round in, uh, uh, in this year. Many thanks to Rita and Dr. Kapaya for the important information. If you too have a question about science, technology, health or environment, get in touch. You can contact us from anywhere in the world via WhatsApp on plus 254-799-042-513. You can subscribe to our program and download episodes at www.sidev.net. And if you've been loving Africa Science Focus, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app to help others to find us. Today's program was edited by Jackie Opara Fatoye and Fiona Broom and produced by Harrison Lewis with reporting from Jubiel Zulu. I'm Sally Amutabi. See you next Wednesday. This program was funded by the European Journalism Center through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.